Hey friends, are you fired up for 2020? I am super excited because I know that there are church leaders who are listening in today that when they come to the end of this year, things are going to look completely different. When you think about your facility, this is one of those areas that you really should be considering. Maybe you should be in time for a change. Are you out of seats? Maybe your kids' ministry area is overflowing or you don't have the parking you need. Maybe your facility was designed 20, 30, 40 years ago and it just looks tired. Maybe you're portable and you're looking at your first facility. Listen, what is the facility lid? What is the question? This is the question I want you to answer. What is the facility lid that is preventing your church from living out its God-given mission? Whatever you do, don't call an architect. Don't call that person across town. Call the team at Rise Point. They, have, they were actually on staff at some incredible ministries, and what they want to do is sit down and first understand your unique ministry context and offer you some creative solutions they've learned from other growing churches. Listen, head over to risepointwithane.com forward slash 360. That's risepointwithane.com forward slash 360 for your free facility 360 evaluation. This amazing tool will help you understand better how to leverage your existing square footage, or maybe if you're adding on some new square footage, Rise Point is a collection of men and women with years of hands-on ministry experience. In fact, many of the principal designer and architects were on staff at their local churches helping execute their projects. Listen, friends, if you've got uh, really a question about your facilities. You need to start with them. Again, risepoint uh, with an e.com forward slash 360. Let's go. This is the Unseminary Podcast. Stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Hey listeners, I'm Vanessa, the host of the Unseminary Podcast, where we talk about the stuff you wish they taught in seminary. I'm joined by the founder of Unseminary, Rich Birch. Hey Rich, how are you? Uh, a little fired up today. Super excited. Brand new year, brand new decade. Uh, welcome to the 2020s. Let me be the first person to uh, officially welcome you to the 2020s. <laughs> Thank you. Well, probably someone else has welcomed you by now, but you know, here it is. <laughs> um, did you know that only 6% of churches are growing faster than the communities they serve? You probably heard me say this before, but- I have. You know, th- this to me is when I think about this year, I think about how do we kick off the decade? To me, this is the kind of thing that we all should be thinking about. This is a problem for all of us. A radical minority of churches are having an increasing impact on their communities. The problem with this over time is if we do not see that trend turn around, um, ultimately we'll get to the point where the message of Jesus will lose its its effectiveness. And so today's article is called Try These Five Non-Scalable Church Growth Tactics. And a part of the reason why that is, is because, you know, I'm just kidding. There's so many times I see stuff online and, you know, I see people selling products and like, do this thing, do that thing. And it's like all these quick hit things. It's like, try this Facebook ad and, uh, you know, your church will grow. Or it's like, you know, do this thing. And in 10 minutes, you know, you'll, you know, have more people in your church and that stuff just doesn't work, unfortunately. And so what I want to do is push you today, church leader, to be thinking about some things that are going to push you out of your comfort zone. So you're going to hear some stuff today and you're going to be like, there's no way I could do that. That's crazy. If that's your reaction, then we've hit their mark. And a part of why that was, is I heard a story, you know, recently about this car dealership that now I know you're thinking already car dealerships, church, car growth, dealership. gosh, come on. People do not like that. They don't want to hear that um, when they're talking about church growth. But I heard this story that got me thinking about our leadership at the church and thinking about this whole idea of like, are we willing to do the hard thing? Are we willing to do the thing that, that other churches or other people are not willing to do? And so the typical car dealer experience, and I didn't know this, but <clears throat> the typical 
kind of if I if I'm a salesperson in a car dealership, the typical experience is you've got kind of the all the car de- the car salespeople out on the floor or out on the lot wandering around, and basically they talk to people and then you know they vet them and then they'll take them on a. Uh, a, t- a test drive and then you know they'll come back and then um you know they may or may not purchase from there now this one car dealership was looking at hey what what are what are the traits of those people that are more likely to buy the car and one of the things they found out was um as they went through that normal process, so kind of look at cars, go on a test drive, and then you know come back, that the people who took the next step, which was end up talking to a sales manager, so not just the salesperson, but a sales manager, they were uh, a lot more likely to buy a car. And so what they did was they said, okay, we're going to kind of change our whole process around so that the, and I didn't know this, that the sales manager is going to be much more proactive in engaging with people who come off the floor. Apparently a lot of cultures in a lot of car dealers is that the sales manager sits in a fancy office somewhere and they only react when, uh, you know, and, and they can, and you probably, I've been on the other side of this where they're like, well, let me get, let me get my manager. And then you just sit there for a long time. So what this car dealer figured out was, well, if, or this manager figured out, you know, basically as people who were buying the cars after they went on the test drive, if they said, you know, I'm, we're going to keep thinking about it and they left, the salesperson would come and take that contact information because they have to get that before they mm-hmm. uh, can do the car. They take that contact information to the sales manager and the sales manager picks up the phone and actually calls them. And says, hey, I was talking to Vanessa. She was telling me that you went and looked at this, you know, whatever, RAV4. And uh, there's something I want you to know about the RAV4. Can you come back? Could you come back to the, the, um, you know, the, the dealership? Because there's something that I want you really? to see. And what they found was the, the, people, the, 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 the people that they were able to get on the phone, uh, it radically increased their, uh, their kind of buying, their prospects of buying, their kind of likelihood of buying. And so this whole dealership basically reshuffled their, their, their really the role of the sales manager to that. Why did that get me thinking? I got thinking about that because I thought, you know what? For you and for me in church leadership, there are things that we frankly probably are unwilling to do uh, or aren't doing. And so I want to give you some things that I think you should do uh, that we all should be doing to really help us when we think about increasing the invitability at our church. At the end of the day, um, <clears throat> the thing that drives churches growth, the thing that we've learned time and again, are those churches where people are inviting their friends, where there's an active invite culture. Those are the churches that are growing. And and so what we want to do as church leaders, we want to figure out how do we increase that? What can we do to increase? And so really, that's what these five things are all designed to do is to try to kind of uh, recapture some of that invitability. And you kind of just alluded to our first point, which is personally invite four people every month. Yeah. So what if for the next couple months as church leaders, uh, we committed that we're going to personally invite four people every month? When was the last time that you, that I, as a church leader, personally invited to someone to come to bring someone to this church? Now, the reason why I think this is important is when you invite people to come, you see your church in a different way. When when you have guests at your church, you see this in a different way. You know that. When, when there's someone sitting in your audience who you invited, you see things differently. And so what I want to encourage you to do as a church leader is to think about who can you be inviting. And so in the article, I give you four different people that I think it would be great if you committed every month. And maybe you do one of these every week. So the first is the easy ask. We all have people in our lives that we could easily ask. It's the neighbor who told you they would come, who'd be willing to come next time. It's your mom or your aunt uh, who is yet to visit your church, but's 
keep saying every Christmas and Thanksgiving that they'd like to come, you know, sometime down the road. So uh, make time this month or every month to ask that easy ask. Actually reach out to them, text them, say, hey, we'd love to come. There's the re-ask. We've all had people attend our churches and not return. And we've even wondering why they haven't come back. What if we went of our way this month to do a re-ask to say, hey, you know, I know you came last spring, but now we are in January. We've got this brand new series coming. I would love for you to come. There's a totally random thing. Now, as much as I'm not into dropping, I really am not into dropping random tracks on the lunch table, you know, when, you know, when I'm at my favorite restaurant or inviting random people to church, you know, you know, just as I'm walking along, there is something uh, about that. And you never know how your story intersects with God and what he's doing in someone else's life. What if we invited one random person this month? And so what if you went into a week and said, hey, Lord, I'm just totally open for you to point me towards some random person, some person that, you know, I never really thought that I, you know, would invite, maybe open up that opportunity. And then the fourth person I like to call the long shot, <laughs> the person who, you know, you think will just never come. You've, you know, maybe you've got this family member or friend who thinks it's crazy that you're a church leader. What if you invited them? What if every month Month, you, you try to think who is the crazy long shot, that person who I don't think ever will come, you know, preferably consider who that person is. You never know what'll happen. Inviting people to church is an important practice for church leaders because it gives you a clear p- picture of what it's like for people to invite others. And so we we really shouldn't be asking other people to do that. If you want your church to grow, you're going to have to ask your people to invite. And you really shouldn't be asking your people to do it unless you're willing to do it yourself. Amazing. Call every guest from 90 days ago is our next point. All right. So chances are that somewhere north of 80% of the guests who visited your church three months ago. So here we are in January, those people that came in the fall. Uh, chances are there's, if statistics work out, somewhere around 80% of them have not returned. And so I know that's a high number. Uh, mm. And, and you know, that that may be actually a little bit of a, you know, scary number. But what if this week you attempted to get everyone on the phone who came and visited your church 90 days ago? So literally just pull the statistic who visited 90 days ago and uh, let's pick up the phone and call them and say, hey, would you be willing to come back and visit again? Uh, if you're not going to come back, can I ask you why? So I can get a clear idea of what's holding you back from returning and, and listen carefully. Now you need to do this, you know, you need to do this elegantly. Obviously this isn't like a, a collections call. So you need to do it, you know, really politely and all that, but going out of your way, uh, to kind of learn is a, uh, you know, you can, can garner a lot. Now we know that these kind of warm contacts, people who have already taken the step to come, if we just stay engaged with those people, there's a high likelihood that those people will come back eventually, maybe this month, maybe next month, maybe coming up at Easter, maybe in the new year, or maybe in, not in the new year, maybe in, we are in the new year, maybe in the, <laughs> in the uh, <laughs> um, you know, we are maybe in, in the summertime, that sort of thing. And so we want to keep in front of them. What if you added to your system, Hey, we're going to, call those people who came 90 days ago and try to engage with them. I'm really excited to talk about this next one, which is answer real questions online. All right. So instead of trying to come up with the latest snappy meme that's, that'll go viral or leveraging uh, the largest, uh, the latest pop culture trend to invite people, what if you actually just had helpful content online? Uh, so I wrote this mm-hmm. book called The Church Growth Flywheel. Um, and in there, I, this is a big part of what I talk about in there is rather than trying to be you know hypey, let's just try to be helpful in our content. Mm-hmm. 
And so, you know, I sometimes think churches, we're, you know, I know it's a new year and you maybe tried some kind of hype stuff at Christmas, but, you know, let's default back to just trying to help. I actually think one of the best examples, it's one of those things, as an author, it's always scary to write about an example of something because you're never sure whether where it's going to go in the future, but it's actually continued to be great. The Meeting House of Church in the Toronto area, uh, their lead guy does a, um, a a series of videos that's on YouTube and Facebook and stuff called Bruxy's Bag of Questions, BBQ. And every week, Bruxy, uh, their lead pastor, Bruxy, I know it's a fun name, uh, answers questions from people in the church and more importantly, questions that our friends of the community might actually be asking. At past episodes are something like, why did create why uh, why did God create us if He knew we'd uh, he we'd suffer? Is a prayer a numbers thing? You know, does God pick p- our political leaders? Is re- Israel still God's favorite? So some of them, you know, are kind of clickbaity. Some of them are uh, controversial. But really, what they're trying to do is actually just answer people's questions. So I think this would be a great frame for you to be thinking about. Um, you know, when you're when you're thinking about content this year, how could you find a way to actually just add, add helpful content? So you don't necessarily need to. Um, you know, do uh, that with video, but maybe maybe it's blog posts, that sort of thing. Developing regular content to address the questions that people actually uh, or may be interested in, uh, you know, is a great way to kind of develop content online. It's the kind of thing uh, that your church could do. You could apply it. You could, you know, it could be a great uh, kind of relatively straightforward way to to engage online. Absolutely. Create a made-up big day. We've talked about big days a lot. If you're a new listener, you should go back and listen to some of those podcasts. Yeah, so we know that there's three or four days every year, and we just came through one of them with uh, you know, mm. with Christmas. Christmas is a big day. There's three or four days a year where two things happen. Your people are more likely to invite their friends, and their friends are more likely to attend. What if in the next six months as a church – you hosted a made-up big day. Literally just created a day and do do all the promotion, do all the energy, do all the kind of special communication and all that around it. Uh, but it doesn't necessarily need to be on a, a one of those big days. It could be kind of juicing your fourth largest day. So you could look at say which day in the year is the um you know the kind of fourth most attended day of the year and what if we built something around that so some examples and there's links in the um you know in the show notes about this epic church of pennsylvania hosts an annual event it actually happens every january called epic day uh where they throw the throw the entire kitchen sink at making an incredible sunday uh, they do, you know, free T-shirts, great kids programming, a clear message from the pastor, and a number of other fun elements. Uh, Hope City Church uh, in Sarasota, Florida, they did uh, last fall, kind of in that fold between kids going back to school and the Christmas season, they did a thing called Sunday Fun Day, where they saw uh, their largest non-Christmas uh, or Easter attendance ever. Uh, it, it made wow. it super easy to invite people. Fantastic thing. Again, there's links in there for more information. These made-up big days can gal- galvanize your church towards inviting new people because this Sunday is explicitly designed around the idea of inviting others and it gives people really a rallying point to think about. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Did we talk about serving your community we as didn't. well? We missed one, which is good. Uh, so, so <laughs> many of our churches uh, talk about being hashtag for our communities, but when was the yes. last time we actually served our community? I sometimes, you know, my, my and, and you know, this is self-criticism. I, I want to make sure when we say that, that we're actually doing things tangibly in the community absolutely. that are actually for our community that our community would say actually I'm so glad that they're do that they're here 
And so what if we pledge to get a meeting with the highest leader in your town within the next month? Maybe it's a school superintendent, the mayor, or some other civic leader, and simply ask them what your church could do to be an effective community presence. Say, hey, I've got 200 volunteers and $5,000. How can we make a difference in your community? Explain that you've got volunteer help and financial resources and really bring that together and then and then do what they say time and again. And I've seen so many churches do this, growing churches that are doing this kind of make a different stuff in their community. We see them doing this and it is having a great trickle down impact on their church. It's a great way to see uh, their churches make a difference. This idea of getting people out of their seats and into the streets. They're not content with being just another gathering point on Sunday, but they're finding ways to meet the needs of people in their community. Obviously, you know, we think this this man this action is mandated by God. We think it's a good thing. Mm. The world around us, or we think it's a God thing. The world around us thinks it's a good thing. Uh, we're not going to squabble over it. It's just something great to to get engaged with it in the community. Absolutely. Okay, let's talk about before we sign off. Um, if somebody needs help growing their church this year. How can we help them with that? Yeah, so we've got a free three-part video series on church growth. And so you might be thinking, hey, what else can we do? This three-part video series literally walks you through um, you know, some stuff around helping your church grow. It's super helpful. Literally thousands of churches have gone through this video series. I would love for you to do that. Click the link below. It's completely free. All you have to do is enter your email address. We'll send that to you. And it's a great way to kind of kick off. Maybe do, you know, do it with your uh, leadership team or your elders team. It'd be a great way to kick off this year of uh, 2020. Absolutely. Listeners, thank you so much for tuning in today. Happy New Year to you. You can see the full article and our other podcast at unseminary.com.